Welcome to the Lights, Camera, Action Entertainment Reviews Podcast. Let's track this from the beginning. We start with something pure. Something exciting. Then... Deal with something new. Shit. Told you. Okay so far? You like it? I'm feeling it. Yeah. Why stop there? Our Marvel Cinematic Universe Retrospective begins. This is it. This is the path I started us on. On this episode, we will be discussing and reviewing Marvel's Phase 1. Our very strength invites challenge. Challenge incites conflict. This episode will contain spoilers. Conflict breeds catastrophe. The thing isn't beautiful because it lasts. run it's been epic forces of darkness and light what a world universe now and now here are your hosts for this retrospective Mike Winkler Alistair Englehart Daniel English and Jeremy Larson well, hello everyone and welcome back to another Lights, Camera, Action retrospective. I am here with the three gentlemen yet again, Alistair, Jeremy, and Dan. Well guys, we are two weeks beyond the Star Wars retrospective and now we've moved on to the epic, epic mm-hmm. saga of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. 23 films. Mm-hmm. Yikes. Quite the interesting thing to do here. But um, yeah, so tonight we're going to do phase one which is Iron Man, Iron Man 2, The Incredible yeah. Hulk, Thor, Captain America, and, of course, The Avengers. Who are they? That's uh, a good question, Al. Who are they? Who are they indeed? So I'm going to throw out there that we should start with The Incredible Hulk, and then we can do what Marvel did and throw it out and disregard it for the rest <laughs> of our podcasts. <laughs> It, it, the thing is that that's a really good point to make. Yeah, because <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't really matter throughout it's, the entire history anymore. It's like apart from Thunderbolt Ross, they don't really connect to it hardly at all. And yeah. it, that's a question I'll probably ask you guys: is is the Hulk connected to the Incredible Hulk? It, 
you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know that they ever go into his origin from mm. anything outside of the Incredible Hulk. And I just don't know if that movie's technically canon or not. Um, well, the it, thing is, it technically is because they do have a after credit scene in the Incredible Hulk. Right. Where Tony Stark shows up. Oh, really? Yeah, he shows up and he's like, it seems like you've got a little problem. Yeah, that's actually, the, the, I, I'm reading something right here. It says that's, that's the first indication of continuity is that end scene. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah I recognize that when it was made, they considered it. But mm -hmm. given the fact that we see the Hulk and I don't know, it's just there's nothing in that. Well, okay, it's probably a digital rights issue too because I correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they can only have Hulk in movies, but not a Hulk titled movie, which is why we only see him in Avengers titles and Thor titles. Right. I think, I think so. What, what's confusing about this whole thing, because when Marvel started, um, of course, Iron Man came out. It was Paramount that made Iron Man. And then Universal made The Incredible Hulk. Mm -hmm. And then I believe Iron Man 2 was still made by Paramount. It's kind of confusing how it all works because Captain America was paramount. I don't think it really was officially until Avengers 1 where the Disney transition was kind of underway. So most of Phase 1 is made by either Paramount or Universal. Now, I think Universal had owned the Incredible Hulk rights because they also make, made the Eric Bana one. Yeah. Um, so God, what a terrible movie. <laughs> oh, that had to be the most indie-ish comic book movie I've ever seen. And yeah. it's so melodramatic, it's not even funny. It is. It What's is. so funny is I just went back and watched it within the last six months, and I did not remember it being like a, an art film. Yeah. Why would, you, why would you subject yourself to that sort of punishment? <laughs> hey, yeah. I, saw that, I saw that in theaters with my dad. We were excited to see the Hulk on the big screen. Mm -hmm. Um but I remember liking it. And that's the other thing too, is it's, I think it's a little bit unfair to go back to these movies and rate them having seen, you know, the most, the generation replete with modern, high-tech, fast-paced superhero movies. Because Iron Man 1, I mean, re-watching it, the pacing is amazing. Yeah. I, oh, I God, just, yeah. Yeah, the way it jumps from the two storylines. Oh, man. Very good. Yeah, well, see, the thing is, too, is that, you know, like, Iron Man came out the same year The Dark Knight did. And, of course, The Dark Knight set a whole different bar in superhero movies. Yeah. And I think a lot of comic book movies since The Dark Knight have tried to somewhat duplicate that. It's kind of the mistakes that the DC Universe has made by making Superman dark and then going Ben Affleck, going all super Batman dark. Basically, Zack Snyder's ultimate vision is like he was trying to duplicate what Christopher Nolan had done. And you just, you can't do that. Yeah. You got to make the series yeah. your own. And Snyder was just too busy trying to duplicate that. But um, Marvel, I mean, considering living in, in The Dark Knight and Batman Begins and all that shadow... They did a fantastic job making it their own and creating a worthwhile and worthy superhero, well, mm -hmm. Ultimate Saga series. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. I think I, in terms of trailblazing, I think Iron Man did a couple of things that I found to be really important for the whole series. And the first of which happens at the very end of the movie when he says, I am Iron Man. And essentially what I think it did was it got rid of the superhero movie trope 
where every movie has to dedicate 30 to 45 minutes to who is it? It's not me. And all these, you know, contrived, yeah, right. family, yeah, and <laughs> silly voices. And so, apart, I think apart from Spider-Man, we don't really, we don't really have to deal with that in Marvel. We can watch superhero flicks without watching the whole their closest friend doesn't know, and oh, they started to figure it out. So I really appreciated that. It gets rid of a whole. It, that whole trope is just so overdone yeah. before this that we're just, it's, it's a breath of fresh air to come into something going, Oh, here's a plot line that we're already bored of that we don't have to worry about. Yeah. Yeah. Why do y'all think that was, that was such a, a prominent theme in superhero stories for so long? The idea of a secret identity hmm. or anonymity. Yeah. Well, I mean, you look at the old Superman movies, and most of them had to do with saving Lois Lane from some sort of catastrophe exactly. right. that she got herself into. Yeah, I I think it it probably practically is a means of protecting the viewer from always having to watch the person's loved ones come under attack. Mm-hmm. Um, first and foremost, but then secondarily, there's probably some. Um, inner personal schism metaphor <laughs> to you know donning the cape and and everything well how many superhero movies do you know too where at the end of especially the first flick where the the person reveals that they are that person you know i am iron man i mean right you never see a batman or a superman movie saying hey i'm superman or i'm batman i mean right I think, to be honest with you, looking at other superhero movies before Iron Man, I cannot think of another superhero movie where an identity was revealed that soon or that quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I don't think I can either. Mm-mm. Well, and then you also got to look at Iron Man as a character. He is under a watchful eye a lot of the time anyways. So I think in his mind, people were going to put it together some form or another. While as in like the Batman films, it's uncanny that some of these secondary characters don't realize that it is Batman. Yeah. And Bruce Wayne. The Although I gotta say, suspension of disbelief, I'm totally okay accepting it as just a quirk. You know, the same the same way I can think these people are kicking guys through windows and buildings i'm you know what if a little mask is all it takes to disguise someone's identity i can play that game i'm okay with that um yeah as total aside but the cw supergirl series plays with that idea a little Mm -hmm. bit because cara danvers literally just takes her glasses (laughs) off just like superman yep Um, So the second thing I think Iron Man did really cool, and I didn't know the inspiration until this most recent watch through, is the Iron Man heads up display, like looking into his helmet. Um, Apparently, there was a lot of a lot of nervousness around that technically speaking how they would get it to work. Um, And the guy I got to look his name up, John Nelson was the uh, effects visual effects supervisor he got the idea from 2001 a space odyssey when when the reflection when the lights from the computer were reflecting off dave's face Mm -hmm. um and so i thought that was just kind of a cool tidbit oh gosh i love the heads up display but yeah it's so creative who doesn't want a heads up display just right in front of your face (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's coming 
Google Glass, first attempt. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Just wait for it. Either Apple or Google will make something with it. it it's coming. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. I but, give it uh, at least three years. Maybe two. <laughs> Who knows? Oh, I found an interesting tidbit online, too. I don't know if you guys knew this, and I, I was reading it now, too, that back in 1990, Universal acquired the rights to the movie, and later on, they wanted Quentin Tarantino to write and direct it. Huh. Iron Man? Yeah. Wow. Hmm. Could you imagine a Quentin Tarantino How, Iron well, Man? What no. would that have changed? I mean, a lot more blood, I'm sure. <laughs> Rated R, double Although, R. Yeah. In the scene, <laughs> there would have been a lot more torture in those caves at the beginning. <laughs> I was just going to say, uh, when, when Obadiah... Is that his name? Zebediah? Obadiah. Obadiah, Obadiah, yeah. Obadiah Stane is yelling at that lab guy who's like... He's like, Tony Stark made this in a cave with a box of scraps. And the guy's like, uh, well, I'm not Tony Stark. I felt like if it were a Tarantino <laughs> uh, movie, he'd be like, effing right, you aren't. He probably would have stuck him in the machine and blood would have just swirled everywhere. Yeah, I do yeah. love Tarantino, but I, I don't think that would have served the universal nature of it i think it's they're so popular because they're so accessible yeah, yeah. I, I can't imagine tarantino doing any marvel movie i just there's no yeah. way it would ever fit it, it would be like it be, would be like inserting deadpool kind of into this universe deadpool's yeah. great but he would never mm -hmm. fit in this cinematic universe the right right now. yeah 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 i think do you all, do you all see Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jeremy. No, you you started before I. I was just but... curious. Uh, so we've had we've had Deadpool, and now we've had Logan. Um, do you all see them maintaining the PG thirteen as kind of the standard moving forward for Marvel? Marvel. Yeah. Yes, I think Disney yeah. moves super slowly when it comes to making concessions like that. Mm -hmm. um, I just don't think I just don't think we'll see it because let's not forget all of these guys. One of the guys that helps helped fund Iron Man, um, Ari, I forget his last name, but um, Ari Avid, Avid, yeah, Ari Avid. He yeah. he was he was a co-producer um, on the Iron Man movies, and then I think he did the Spider Man movies too. But he's like CEO of a toy biz company, so mm. they're really just trying to not only make the movies that do well but they also want the toys and the merchandise yeah, and, sure. and all the parallel stuff and so the wider yeah. your audience the more i think all those adjacent industries benefit yeah well, i'm sure it's a win-win yeah deadpool 3 i know that like ryan reynolds and, and them still want to make it but see the whole disney thing is why it's being held up disney keeps saying mm -hmm. they want to make it but i think they're afraid that if they put a marble tag on their movie and they see it's r-rated Disney's yeah. afraid of losing their quote-unquote good image, you know, yeah. um, but it's not really right mm -hmm. because the fact is, is that if, if Marvel, Disney likes to say that Marvel and Lucasfilm are different from them, mm -hmm. but they're not making their movies like they are different from them. Dude, they, are, yeah. they, they, are, they are throwing in the same themes, the same humor, the same way of making their movies. If yeah. they want to differentiate themselves from each other, then they need to start making the movies the way they should be made instead of forcing on that Disney image yeah yeah i will say this of the marvel movies though generally speaking they have original plot lines mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, true yeah or at yeah. least they're not just rehashing stuff in their same canon 
True. And that's that's what I liked about all these movies. And everyone can go like, oh, you didn't follow the comics or anything like that. Well, that's because then you'd be seeing the same things as in the comics. It would make it boring. It would make it stale. Yeah. It wouldn't have gotten off, of, off the ground as it did. Mm-hmm. You're introducing new ideas, new characters, new new ways that villains could be portrayed in these films. Yeah, I don't I don't really need faithfulness to the storylines in the comics. Mm-hmm. What I do like is when they communicate a knowledge of and respect for the existing canon. Mm-hmm. Um even in like simple little you know, simple little call-outs and stuff. And admittedly, I don't really know the comic canon that well. Any experience I had with comics was DC. Um, I did I a little bit of Spider-Man reading back in the day. But. I think there's too many comics for you to actually keep up with everything. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true, too. Yeah. 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 But, you know, um, back back to Iron Man, you know, as a movie, I remember when this movie came out. You know, at the time, I know when they were making it, the whole universe thing was kind of a little bit of an idea, but they took it one movie at a time. Mm-hmm. Of course, the little hint at the end of Iron Man with, with Nick Fury and the Avengers, they had this plan, but hmm. I, I can't really think of anybody, any other actor that could have played Tony Stark as perfect as Robert Downey Jr. No, not ever. Mm-mm. No way, no how. And they said it was, they said Tom Cruise was, uh, mm. wow, no. in the running for that. I, I, I wanted to Cruise see Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, God. <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal? You wanted to see Mysterio play Tony Stark? <laughs> you know what? Oh, we're Hickam. Yeah. He's a good I, actor. He's a good yeah. actor. Yeah, definitely. He probably could have pulled it off. Yeah. I like Robert Downey Jr. Mm-hmm. as Iron Man. Oh, and sure. before we get too far from Iron Man, as in we haven't transitioned from it at all, but Pepper Potts, Iron Man Pepper Potts is my favorite relationship in all the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. The most developed, too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. this is going to yeah. be something that I applaud Marvel through the whole time we talk about it is the thought that they give to developing all of these things. And throughout the phase one, we have very unique characters who have their own writing style. They have their own flaws and pros. They all come together and it's, it's not like they're morphing into the, the, leader of each of the movies it's Mm -hmm. it's these individual characters that exist through the the collaborative movies and i just that makes avengers so much fun for me is to see Mm -hmm. all of these individual characters maintain their identity Um, it's flawless yeah and generally speaking i'd say until i think it's age of ultron or civil war some somewhere around phase two um where they start to or phase three it is when i think they start to forget the arcs that happen in the the solo stories Mm. yeah Mm. well the great thing too that they that they do really well is um like you said the pepper Potts relationship you look at a lot of the other character relationships in marvel no other ones developed as well as those two especially when you go from iron man one to what happens at the end of endgame Mm-hmm. There is no other relationship that you would see in the other movies where you would feel the heartbreak that Pepper feels now being a widow with her daughter. 
you know, and, and that makes uh, Tony's death that much more difficult at the end mm-hmm. because, you know, let's think of the other relationships in the Marvel movies. I mean, there really, there really isn't too many romantic relationships. Wait, really think of. what? The what? Who's death? Tony's? Who did I say? You, you did. I'm just kidding. Oh, okay. I thought I said it the wrong <laughs> I, name. I hadn't seen it yet. Did we give the spoiler? <laughs> oh, come <alert>? on, Al. <laughs> hey, like, like I said with the Star Wars one, if you haven't seen them yet, I you probably shouldn't be listening to this one because it's a spoiler. Yeah, don't, don't you even have that in your instruction? There, This will be spoiled. I do. I do. It says this podcast will contain spoilers. That's good. <laughs> Sorry, I derailed it off. No, of you're right. You're right. Joke. Um, but yeah, I mean, think of it this way. I mean, there's not really many relationships in the Marvel Universe. I mean, you have uh, Star-Lord and Gamora, but that's... Thor, they come Thor and way Portman. Later. Yeah, that, that, that's so underdeveloped as of right now, and, and that whole thing is... <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. I, that is my, I think, my least favorite, because it just doesn't, it doesn't flow as naturally as right. Tony and Pepper. Mm-hmm. Which one's your least favorite? Thor and... Thor and... and um, Natalie. And, James. Yeah. James. James. Because yeah. you don't see her in the barely see her. Yeah. It, even when you do, it's an it's almost as bad as the relationship between Natalie Portman and Hayden Christensen in the Star Wars prequels. Oh. Like that's how that is what I can hey, different I have heard that different. Natalie's coming back. I have I, heard that I Natalie's have coming I back. Yeah. So she'll have a chance to I, redeem So herself. what's interesting to me about all of the relationships, I completely agree. Iron Man and Pepper Potts is the best, I think, also because it's the longest running. True. I think also because they just developed it so carefully. I mean, even, even throughout Iron Man 1 and 2, they're never just pouring on like, oh, we're in love. It's always about the way that they interact kind of quibble and and my favorite element of it is that the only person that can hand tony stark something directly is pepper Potts. that does a whole lot of lifting for me yeah Yeah. um but yeah i think the closest one after that for me is probably the friendship between um natasha and and hawkeye Mm -hmm. um but yeah i gamora star lord i didn't dislike it but i hated star lord so much because of his uh because of his his infinity war yeah that that moment infinity war still angers me because he let his anger get the best of him they could have got that dang thing off thanos and they could have avoided everything yeah he he single-handedly is to blame for it yeah but it was supposed to happen it was supposed in, to happen. In the words of Stephen Strange, it was meant to happen. Time, sure. sto- time stone ex machina or something like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Iron Man 1, on to Hulk. Honestly, I think Hulk is done really well. And if it weren't siloed so strictly where no one really escapes except for a recast Hulk and a Thunderbolt Ross, I think... I think it's a pretty good, pretty good movie. I do not like uh, Betsy. I don't. I mm. I feel like the 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 chemistry wasn't there between her and Norton. Like it, it, was, it didn't feel nice. It felt forced. Mm-hmm. Like there has to be a romance, right? Here. Yeah, I was just bummed because the whole like 
she's married or in a serious relationship. She's exactly. at least living with this guy, and I'm yeah. so happy that they're like running off to a hotel, and she's and the guy is so weirdly supportive about it all. Yeah, I just yeah not a fan of that relationship either. But. The thing that the thing that angers me too is that like I watch. Uh, the Eric Bana one where Jennifer Connelly played Betsy Ross. She yeah. was such, such a better Betsy Ross than Liv Tyler. And I almost wish they would have brought Jennifer Connelly back to play Betsy Ross, because I think yeah. that she just would have been better. She's a better actor. Number one. And number two, I think she would have had more chemistry with Edward Norton. I don't, I don't know why I just feel like they yeah. might've, but you know, I, I don't know that you're right though. That is, that is a, a huge flaw in the movie that I just don't think that that relationship works at all. They well, just then, made her too, uh, too whispery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, she's she's the same in this movie as in pretty much every other movie that she's in. Uh, examples: Lord of the Rings and what was the uh, Armageddon. Both of the same. You're you're watching the yeah. exact whoa, whoa, whoa. same. Whoa, whoa. Don't, don't hate on Arwen. Hey, she yeah. was the thing I hated about Lord of the no, Rings. Remember that? She yeah, was I do I remember that. And no. you're totally in your right mind this time as a. Betty Ross, she's too whispery. She's too, I mean, fickle. Like, where was this guy? Now she's going to leave her husband, and then he runs off and just... And the fact that it so conveniently starts pouring rain when she goes out the back of the pizza oh, shop, it just Jesus. feels yeah. lame. Um, <laughs> like a scene out of the freaking notebook. <laughs> yeah, I just... I ju and I'm... I, trust me, I love romantic comedies. I like a good love story, but it just was... I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's just I'm, I've never been a Liv Tyler fan. Just yeah, you're preaching, I, man. I, I agree. Sad I agree. Saddens me. I like her. I just don't like her as Betty Ross. <laughs> I will I, say I like her better in Lord of the Rings, but I still see the exact same character portrayed in every single movie. She's the, the yeah, but in this one, she doesn't have pointy ears, Jeremy. It's it's like, it's like how you like a one dollar burger from Burger King a little bit better than a McDonald's one dollar burger. Slightly, right? That's just yeah. Slightly. So another beef I had was. I did not like the way Abomination looked. Um, one of the, I think, valid criticisms of Iron Man 1 and 2 that my sister actually said was he just keeps fighting people in a suit like his. And I was like, you know what? That's pretty fair. Mm -hmm. I, as, as, far as, as far as variety goes, Iron Man fights Iron Monger and then he fights Whiplash, and they're both just using like a chest or reactor yeah. technology. Yeah. Um, I think Abomination looks just like Hulk. I mean, he doesn't look just like Hulk, but it's kind of boring in the He's way. He's Hulk that with spikes. Yeah, sure. essentially, yeah. Um, and the I, idea of Abomination is a great idea, yeah. but the execution of Abomination was not so stellar. And I, I feel like. I don't think they had completely decided how powerful Hulk was supposed to be. Like mm -hmm. they didn't understand quite how, like just the way he lifts the Humvee. Yeah, it was easy, but at first it, I don't know. Just, it, I feel like Hulk gets more powerful throughout the, the time that, that the movie, the mm -hmm. movie's age. Mm -hmm. um, and then there was one last thing about Hulk. I can't remember right now. See, mm -hmm. see, I, 
I like the movie. So I, I feel like I have more to complain about it than like about it, but I, I don't dislike it. I agree. Because, because it's one of those things where, like, I think I'm frustrated that I know we had an actor change and it's still continuity, but there's never anything brought up from that movie in future Marvel movies. Nothing at all, except General Ross. Actually. What? There was a reference by Ruffalo in Avengers. Which one? He said, last, last time I was in New York, I wrecked Harlem. That's true. You don't remember that? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so there's that one. <laughs> <laughs> but um, general, I mean, it's like General Ross is there, but like General Ross doesn't have much interaction with Hulk, and you would think that he would, considering how much he had in the Incredible Hulk. Yeah. You know. And then also number two, and this is a question I have for you guys. You guys remember the ending of the Eric Bana one? Oh gosh, no. I. Okay. You're assuming I was able to get all the way through it last time I tried to watch <laughs> fair, it. Fair, fair enough. The, the ending stayed fresh in my mind. So at the end of the movie, he goes into hiding in, in South America, right? Uh -huh. This oh, movie starts right. there. So right. to me, I almost feel like this movie is a sequel to that movie. Okay. It, they never oh. say that it is, but it feels like right. it is because it picks up right where that last one left off. Yeah. I don't know. It's yeah, just, that's cool. Yeah, yeah it's like a sequel. I could buy that. Yeah. So, um, so the scene where where Edward Norton is sitting with that um, Gracie Hickson Gracie, the MMA, the Brazilian Jiu Jitsu guy, mm -hmm. and he's like training up his control over, you know, the Hulk. Yeah. At the end of Incredible Hulk, we have Edward Norton presumably bringing on a transition at will, changing just his eye color. But then we have, you know, Mark Ruffalo totally, not totally out of control, but it's almost like he's in control of transitioning yeah. for the most part. But once he transitions, it's Hulk he all the can't way. quite control it. And so I like, I like where that ends up, but I think it's, it's an uneven, hmm. like, I don't know. It's just the pathway along controlling Hulk seems. Yeah, scattered. I think yeah. because I think the it just makes the Hulk very confusing, and uh, the Marvel universe kind of at at Avengers, the Hulk becomes more of a relatable character and becomes more in uh, uh, adaptable. I don't know if that's the word I'm looking for, but it. It seems like it gets better at that point from then on, instead of dealing with Eric Bana, Ed Norton, then sudden transition to <laughs> to Avengers. Yeah. I feel like yeah. that's all. I feel like I could go back and watch the entirety of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and not watch The Incredible Hulk, and I'd be okay with it. You actually yeah. could. <laughs> there's nothing really in The Incredible Hulk that really warrants having to watch it within that, because again, like I said, there's nothing directly referenced even general yeah. ross is not really directly referenced to the events in that movie no. so it well, makes don't no they sense. hint don't they hint at a villain with that scientist that gets the gamma polluted blood drip yeah, we his never head? got it we never right got it. yeah exactly that's mm -hmm. right it's it's just a separate separate thing yeah, yeah. It's, it's so loosely loosely involved in the universe that it can easily be admitted and you would not miss really a thing yeah Was so, there, what, what were the rays that um created uh captain america was that camera no they weren't no, no it was no, um it was separate gosh i don't remember what it was called you mean the stuff they they let me see 
shined on him while he was yeah. transforming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't yeah, remember. I was just I was just curious if there was a connection there, but it sounds like it was something different. No, it was it was gamma. Okay, here we go. So Vita rays. Vita rays. Oh, Vita rays. Everything's yeah. some sort different, of ray. Different from <laughs> from gamma rays. Gamma rays, Vita rays, Elsa rays. What is a Vita ray? Let's look it up. It's a they, real thing. They harness the power of the sun. Oh gosh. <laughs> oh, okay. The sun god. Uh, electromagnetic radiation with a specific wavelength that has stabilizing properties. So it was to it it was just being blasted onto Steve Rogers while the serum was in him to activate certain properties. Okay, I see. Huh. But you know, back to what you saw, we were talking about before the started, uh, Dan, about why Edward Norton, that whole thing that went on. Yeah. Okay. the The major thing is is that. He actually, he has an uncredited writing, uh, part of writing in Incredible Hulk. He actually helped write the movie, but he did not want to be credited for it. So when oh. they were editing the movie, they had this two, two, two and a half, two forty, uh, two hour and 40 minute cut that he really wanted in the movie because he said that it, it fleshed out Hulk even more and this and that. And Marvel came in and they didn't want the movie to be that long. They wanted it under two hours. They wanted the movie to move, move, move at a brisk pace. And he fought and he fought and he fought and Marvel gave him a lot of pushback. So he got really, really pissed off at Marvel to the point that he left the role mm. to get back at them, essentially. Yeah, that's interesting. I, When I watched, I saw, I forget the actor's name, but you know The Wire? Yeah. The mm. guy that whistles in The Wire. I don't even remember his name in The Wire. Um, shoot, I don't know. Omar, <laughs> his name is Omar in the wire. Okay, okay. hold yeah. on, we're getting there. So he's played by Michael K. Williams. So there's a scene in Harlem where you see this extra, and it's Michael K. Williams. And I'm like, well, that's an awfully expensive extra. But then you go to the deleted scenes, and apparently that was some setup mm-hmm. for a potential future branch um, mm-hmm. of him. And so they got rid of that. And and so I could see that there's a ton of stuff um, that they cut. Mm. But, yeah, see, it says here, it says Norton and Letelier, which is the director, he said he disputed, he disputed with the producers over the final runtime. They wanted it to be two hours and 15 minutes, while the producers wanted the film to be under two hours. This was made public, and rumors spread that Norton made it clear he won't, won't cooperate with pub, uh, publicity plans if he's not happy with the final product. So he dismissed it, and Marvel Universal and I refused to let it happen about cutting it the way he wanted it, and he split ways. Huh. Yeah. Wow. I wonder if he regrets that. I sure as hell would. <laughs> I think he does. Yeah. Because his career has okay. bottomed out since then. I mean, he's like in nothing now. But I, I will say my opinion. I think Ruffalo is a really good Hulk. And he I is. think he I think he's the better choice. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean he should have been it from day one. Sure. Mm. I I am t- I'm torn about Mark Ruffalo. Not because of his performance, but I feel like after his health issues flare up, 
his speaking is noticeably weird and different, especially in Thor 3. Hmm. Um, Interesting. And then I wonder if that's why in Infinity War he has such a small part. Um, Hmm. But, I mean, you can't. You can't factor that in, I guess. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, according, it was an interview, I think, that um, that he did when Avengers 2 came out. This is Edward Norton mm-hmm. saying retrospectively that he chose not to continue in the role because he wanted to branch out with his career and he didn't want to do too iconic of a character. And he said something like, once you put a suit on suit on like that it's it's hard for other people to take it off yeah um, no that's bogus he's he's yeah. really trying let's to see, justify it see. what's he doing now uh, he's nothing. working well, in a so library at least nothing important or nothing working any, uh, in a library <laughs> yeah <laughs> i wish i would have been hulk i wish i would have been hulk <laughs> he has an uncredited role in alita battle angel mm, uncredited oh yeah you know what <laughs> Have you guys seen Alita? I don't want to give it away. I have not. No, I want I to, but I haven't. Don't spoil it like you spoiled Tony's death for me. <laughs> <laughs> all I'll tell you is, is that he shows up at the end. That's all I'll tell you. I do oh. know that now. Well, great. But... Great. That's all I'll tell you. I won't tell you the, 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 the context of it. Two That's hours good. wasted. Cool. Yeah. Another, <laughs> thing the about, another thing about Hulk that annoys me is the battle scene on the campus Mm-hmm. is very much like this, then this, then that. It just feels so much less coordinated mm-hmm. with with Ross saying, where's the 50 cals? And then they try that and they're like, okay, you're up. And then the abomination guy goes in and then mm-hmm. he's like, where's the helicopter? And just calling stuff in like <laughs> one by one by one. I was, it, every time I rewatch, I'm like, this just feels... You gotta. I I honestly think that in that movie, and I know it's a movie, but I feel like Ross would have been stripped of his title and like removed from military service with how incredibly Mm -hmm. reckless he was with military personnel and weaponry on a college campus, and there were still people on that campus. You're shooting fifty cals into you know old buildings and everything. What okay? What good is that gonna do? And then you agree to do another serum onto um, what's the, the abomination guy, mm-hmm. and yeah. he becomes out of control. You lose control of him. There was, I don't think there was any punishment for General Ross, and it bugs the crap out of me. He had <laughs> to have killed still, people at the campus. He had still, to have. He's still a prominent military figure in uh, later on in the MCU. And well, he gets an upgrade. He, be, huh? he becomes like the Secretary of Defense, doesn't he? Another reason to not watch Incredible Hulk. You don't watch it. You don't know that he did any of that stuff, and yeah. it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what are you going to say, Al? I know you're going to come up with something. Yeah. No, I have, I have nothing to say about that. <laughs> well, again, I, I don't, I, that's, why, that's why I said it's not a lot, whole lot of positivity to say about this movie and that and and i don't dislike it in any way and that's what's so weird about it for me i like it yeah Um, it's just but it just doesn't fit the universe no it feels like its own movie it's it's an alternate universe of the mcu exactly that's what it is 
It's the uh, Veil of the Force part of the MCU. <laughs> the multiverse. Oh my gosh. All right, all right. The Veil of the MCU. <laughs> uh, what, what, what happened? Did General Ross jump in the Veil of the Force and, and to save himself from uh, oh, being no. killed by the Hulk? It's another right. man named Bruce Banner who happens to be a scientist who falls into the gamma race. <laughs> There's multiple uh, Bruce Banners. So Bruce Banner is actually Ross. And you know, it's the it, Edward uh, Norton version. <laughs> yeah. right. It is a shame, though, that that there's not Hulk standalones, because I feel like I remember Hulk Planet, an animated movie oh, where mm-hmm. Loki separates the consciousness of Hulk and Banner. Okay. Um, and it's just Hulk is this insane villain to deal with. No mm. soul. Yeah, yeah, without any tempering of Banner's intellect at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think I just think it'd be cool. I always liked Hulk. I would see. A, I would watch a Hulk Planet movie. Yeah, yeah for sure. sure. Thor Ragnarok kind of hinted at it a little bit, right? But mm-hmm. they didn't quite scratch the whole surface of it. Yeah. So huh. maybe later. Maybe no, later, it's well, possible. It, well, the thing yeah. is, now that now that he's. Pre- Professor Hulk, I don't see him changing, going. That would be a de-evolution of the Hulk. Yeah, but if Loki did it, if (sighs) he somehow split, that's true. The alternate Loki is still alive, and there's that there's that Loki TV series. So if he comes back somehow, I guess Mm. that that could be possible. That could happen. It's a possible future, but that's a long ways down the road, and I don't think that Ruffalo is going to be in any state to play the Hulk again. No, he's already like in his mid to late 50s already. He's already pushing almost 60, so Mm -hmm. yeah, it'd be kind of tough for that. Uh, Yeah. But But anyways, should we move on to another movie? (laughs) Iron Man 2. (laughs) Iron Man 2's next. I was just going to say, let's get on to the Avengers I actually like, but no, let's do Iron Man. Iron Man 2. Um, I, I just have a bunch of questions as to why he needs the reactor. As who needs the reactor as Tony does. Yeah. So he's right. Okay. Because he didn't have that procedure done yet. Right. Procedure done in the third movie. Right. I understand that. But my, Mm -hmm. I wonder, there must be at least a one line brushing off of it if he's killing himself with palladium poisoning mm-hmm. and all it takes is an operation, why doesn't he just get the operation? I mean, I understand he has to find the new element and he has to, you know, upgrade the <laughs> yeah. suit and have the triangle one for the number three, but it, with all his resources, why couldn't he just... We're talking about Tony Stark. He is a man who loves the spotlight. He he is super smart, but also super arrogant and like all full of himself. So he's gonna kill himself. He's full headed. I think no. When he realizes there's a problem, I think the timeline really speeds up at that point. So there isn't much time in between to do the things that are of vital importance huh. to his own health. Okay, time. Time, I, I think, is, a, is an okay explanation. I think it's because he likes the smoothies. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Al, I, I, I feel like this. I think every – that's like the, I'm the it's sticky moment. You, you always have an it's sticky moment, and that's it. The smoothies. That's the, one. That's the, the smoothies, smoothies. The Iron that, Man smoothies. It. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> 
yeah. we need it. We need an it's sticky moment in every phase of the MCU. That's yep. what we need. Yep. <laughs> right. we, got, so, we got we got our phase one smoothies. <laughs> so this one is really cool. Um, it was hard to find, but when Justin Hammer is sitting with uh, Ivan Vankov. Mm-hmm. And he's telling him, you know, I have the means, you have the brains, you need my means. Ivan says this really long phrase in Russian. Mm-hmm. And for some huh. reason, it's so hard to find a translation of it. Um, hmm. I held my phone up to it and it caught part of it and said, if they kill me, I won't. You'd better live in peace. And I was like, man, what the heck is he saying here? <laughs> Turns out I found in some Russian language uh, learning blog, people were mm-hmm. posting about Iron Man. Yep. He says, um, if I get killed, do not wake me. It is better to die than to live in your world. Gosh. And I thought, meh, that's kind of cool. Because I, I always wondered, they didn't put subtitles on it. And then he's like, do you not speak English? Or, and he's mm-hmm. like, very good, man. And you're like, okay, <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um, Pretty powerful so line. The, yeah. Well, it was just yeah. fun to hunt down what the heck that meant because yeah. they didn't caption mm-hmm. it anywhere. That was worth it because that's a pretty damn uh, good line. Yeah. I will say with the Iron Man movies, I think my favorite villains are the ones in Iron Man 2. I like I like the Ivan with Justin Hammer kind of team up against mm. Tony Stark thing. Yeah. yeah. I can agree with that. I I, like I, I think f- yeah. I think I Justin like Hammer Obadiah is was funny. Just, oh yeah, Justin Hammer was the funny while it was like super serious tones with Ivan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But when when yeah. it came to like I'm looking at uh, the enemies in general, you're looking at Obadiah from the first movie. I felt like he could have done something different than just make a bigger Iron Man suit. I, mm-hmm. I don't, I didn't like his, his match of villainy. I, I don't know why, but it just, yeah, I liked feel. Obadiah. <laughs> well, look at the parallels between Iron Man's ending and Hulk's ending. They both had duplicates of basically themselves as the enemy. Right. Yeah. Bigger. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So I liked Obadiah Stane as a villain because. I mean, just think of the first time you watched it. I don't know if there's something just inherently disarming about Jeff Bridges, but I didn't. I wasn't a comic guy, so I did not see that betrayal coming until um, Pepper found it out Mm -hmm. at the computer. Um, And then, of course, it brings me to another blaring question I have where, why doesn't he just take the thumb drive from her? Like he knows, he asks for the paper. He knows, kind of goes back to the screen and like sees that she downloaded the files, and he's like, "Ah, crud." Because he's Jeff Bridges. He's the dude, man. Yeah, right. (laughs) Um, Reverend Bridges, he's so great. I love, I love the character. I just didn't like the overall scheme. I, I think the Van Kov one is very compelling Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. it, it begins the the Marvel tradition of villains that actually give you pause when you're like, "Eh, well, Mm -hmm. obviously, obviously they're still extreme. They're still wrong at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. but it's the first instance of a villain that we have where we say, you know what? He's not 
I can see how he became that way. Yeah, exactly. You kind of empathize with his position saying like, oh, yeah, okay. I mean, you're you're wrong, but you're not just some caricature of evil. Mm -hmm. Like, say, Obadiah Stane is who just wants to make money. Like, he's just a caricature of greed and corruption. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, what's great about uh, him being the villain, too, is that you do, do you realize too, that this is kind of the beginning of the running theme of everything going back to Tony's father It is always the running team. Van, Vanko's history was with Tony's father. I mean, yeah. and look, look at the, all the way to yeah. end game. It's about Tony's father. It, it just seems, it just seems the running, the running thing through it all is about Tony and his father, just like it wasn't civil war, mm-hmm. you know, with his feud with captain America uh, mm-hmm. over that whole ordeal. Um, and yeah, I agree that Vanko is probably the best Iron Man villain because of the personal conflict with Tony and his background with his family. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot more sense. I, yeah. I can get behind that. I like the Mandarin. That's Iron Man 3, though. Oh, so. that's a whole different thing. Yeah, it is. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get into that one. Yeah, we'll, we'll wait. Hold my tongue on that. <laughs> oh, are you guys Iron Man 3 haters? Save it. Save it. I'm saving. I'm saving it. There's not many hates I'm going to have in the MCU, but I have some serious issues with that movie. Um, especially, um, especially the ending and where it all leads. I think my favorite <laughs> Justin Hammer part is <laughs> when he asks his assistant <laughs> to try and put the droid head on like a helmet <laughs> when he's getting <laughs> mad at Bangkok. Yeah. He's yeah. like, can you put that? And the guy's like, Holding it to his head. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys ever hear the debate too? Everybody criticized Iron Man 2 for being, instead of being, it was less of an Iron Man movie and more of a startup for the Avengers. That, there was always that heavy criticism. I know when the movie came out that it was too much of an Avengers startup and not enough of an Iron Man film. Do you guys agree with that? Iron Man 2? Mm hmm. What threads do they pick up on? Well, the, the, the incorporation of Nick Fury and Black Widow. Yeah. I, I like it. I think I think it's fine as an Iron Man movie. I don't think it's too much of a uh, Avengers plug. Not I, never looked, I never looked at it that way. Mm-mm. Yeah. I. My only complaint, I thought they introduced Natasha perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was totally in character. <laughs> when Iron Man's just like, I want one. Um, yep. <laughs> but I do think no. that her and Fury <laughs> together play almost like a ex machina plot where they're like, here's a syringe. Okay, the plot presumptions we were on before this moment are mm-hmm. now taken care of and we're yep. moving on to stage mm-hmm. two of the movie. It felt yep. very... Uh, like a plot device to reveal them and have them. But I don't know. I didn't hate it. If, mm. if... No, I thought it was, I thought it was smooth. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 it took away the problem in, in a short term, but he, they needed to find a long-term solution. It wasn't right. It's, it's like his, his, his freaking smoothies that syringe was a temporary fix. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, he said smoothies. I was looking at Alistair down there. I was waiting for him to say something. 
Yeah, I will say of Phase One, uh-huh. Iron Man Two is probably my second least favorite. Right behind Incredible Hulk. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that makes sense, though. I don't. And, and as far as the trilogy goes, I think Iron Man is the weakest trilogy. Hmm. Um, I how many trilogies have we have? Agree with you. Oh, well, Thor, so huh? I guess I get. Oh yeah, I love the Thor trilogy. I am. I'm going to defend Thor huh. two to the to the death. Oh no! Thank you. Somebody Elf? defends it. Thank you, Dan. Yeah, Thank absolutely. You. First of all, I love Christopher Eccleston. Second of all. Why are people so upset that we're introducing different themes and worlds and villains? Yeah. Hey, I had to hold my tongue for Iron Man 3. <laughs> you can hold your tongue. You're right. <laughs> You're right. I got too excited. I think it's funny. Phase 2 is probably going to be more varied. but Yes, it will. Yeah, that's yeah, going to so be all over the place. I think my favorite trilogy, and if we're talking about trilogies that started in Phase 1, would have to be Captain America or Thor. Because yes. Captain America is definitely my favorite character. Yeah. But I'm the story you. arc of Thor might be my favorite. Yeah. Huh. Um and I also think Thor ends in a place where the next generation of Marvel movies picks up in stepping up the funny and mm-hmm. like pairing even more dire and serious against even more clever and goofy yeah hey nobody can talk badly against thor you know why because it's going to be the only one with four movies the only one that has <laughs> yeah. four movies. yeah we'll see how uh as guardians of the galaxy goes and then i'll, I'll oh, see man. how i think about it yeah uh i'm gonna be interested to see uh jane's transition to becoming the new female thor how that's gonna go too yeah yeah, very curious for that. I'm setting my bar super low so that I'm not disappointed. <laughs> I don't even know what to expect, so I'm just like, I don't. At yeah, me. I don't. Yep, and I we, do know that I love Star Lord and Thor interactions. So yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Glad, so sorry. Go ahead. And I'm glad that the same director, I think, I think I pronounce his name, Takia Wakatiti, I think his name oh, is. Yeah. He's going to yeah. be doing Thor four, which I'm glad because I think Ragnarok was. Just it's stellar. great. It's just yeah. amazing. And Wakiti, Wakiti's actually writing and directing a Star Wars film too. Cool. I'm I'm down for uh. that. I I like him. Mm-hmm. So at the end of this retrospective, are we going to do a ranking of all 23 films? No. <laughs> no. 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 At the end of each phase, we'll we'll no. We can be decide what our favorite, maybe our favorite or worst movie is overall. But no. Oh God, no. I mean, we're all going to agree that Phase Two is the weakest phase. We'll all probably agree what? with that. Oh, well, oh, oh, I, someone's piping up. Oh, <laughs> okay, never mind. oh, never mind. Civil War starts phase three. So, you don't so like Civil it, War? So, wait, so wait, so now, now you agree with my phase two opinion? You, you... Sure, sure. Okay, all right, all right, yeah. all right, okay. <laughs> Iron Man Thor. 3, Thor Dark World. I mean, Captain America is really strong. I think I like. Well, gosh, I like Guardians Volume 2 strictly over the first, almost as a replacement film, to be honest. Really? Um, oh, Guardians yeah. 2? Yeah, I like the storyline yeah. with, with Star-Lord's father. I think that's a really, yeah. really good storyline. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So Thor. So Thor. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like Thor 
in Thor 1. No. Uh, Thor in Thor 1 is frat boy Thor. Like... Conceited. Yeah, oh, yeah, he's gosh. Just so yeah. Stupid. Overbearing. He, the thing is, how old is Thor in... You all didn't like that for the sake of the transformation? I loved it for the sake of the transformation, oh, yeah. but he's just so <laughs> annoying. Although his jokes on earth are hilarious. I love yes. when he's wrestling in the hospital. I love when he's at the diner and he smashes his mug down. <laughs> um, I really enjoy the humor in Thor. Um, but yeah, I just, he's so unwise. And that's the thing is that Thor in the first Thor movie is a thousand years old. Hmm. You'd think that a thousand years old would give you enough wisdom to not act like a child. Yeah. Yeah. Spoiled child. So, yeah. Yeah. Like I can get the, the promise of becoming king is like it can get to your head, but I felt like that was I felt like he was prepared for that. I don't feel like he would have gone down yeah. that sort of hmm. mm-hmm. You all feel like knowing that he is a thousand years old that the, I'd say, drastic changes in personality mm-hmm. are a bit, and not even just limited to Thor 1, but even as we see who Thor becomes, and by, eventually by, by Ragnarok, he's quite different in terms of like that balancing of comedy mm-hmm. and seriousness. Yes, yeah. Do you feel like that comes across as a bit contrived since he's already a thousand years old? that he changes in his personality that quickly? So I think it's related to experience. Yeah. So you're talking about the the main things that he experiences before we witness him in Thor is pretty much just battle and Mm -hmm. acclaim. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's pretty easy to be spoiled having wielded Mjolnir your whole quote-unquote adult (laughs) life. And and for the first time ever in Thor 1, he's without his powers. He's he's human, essentially. Mm -hmm. He experiences love for the first time. He had both his parents. He experiences loss for the first time. Um, And he, so failure, love, loss, and the, 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 taking away of all his powers i think that would change you quite a bit yeah um and so i because i do love the redemption arc i just love the theme of of him having to repent i mean he has to recognize how how much it's his fault like when he asks mm-hmm. loki to come home when he's being held at that center mm-hmm. and he's yeah. he's not fighting for his own reputation any longer he's very well aware that a lot of this is his fault i gotta say too my ultimate like i think best friendship slash family relationship in this in the whole cinematic universe i just love thor and loki's relationship it's just mm-hmm. it's just so good because the the fact that, that loki always finds a way to trick thor and thor always falls for it up until um ragnarok, ragnarok where he finally wises up like yeah no uh-uh, you ain't doing this or you know mm-hmm. yeah but um they're just their evolution of their whole relationship through the whole cinematic universe is just i just love it it's just, it's just fantastic yeah yeah i i like it i have a hard time i have a hard time coming around to loki obviously i'm saddened by his the loss of him or mm-hmm. potentially whatever yeah but but i feel like yeah but he did he did a lot of really terrible stuff yeah. even in 2 i mean in 2 
for the most part, he works on everyone's side, but I just, he's too much of a, a chaotic character. For he, me. He's so chaotic because he chooses the side he thinks is going to win. So he yeah. flips constantly. And that is why Loki, Loki is such side. a, he's a wild card. Yeah. Yeah. Now, would you guys, think, would you guys blame Loki for, for uh, their father's death, considering that he threw him in that rest home and then he ultimately ended up dying? Would you blame Loki for his death? I, I don't think so. I don't think it's Loki's fault. I think it was a, it was a long time coming. I think Odin thought it was going to be coming way before that time. I don't know. I, I'm on the fence. I don't think it's particularly his fault because Odin seems to be pretty fatalistic about it himself. Mm-hmm. But I definitely think his behavior is condemnable and it, it could have very easily been the cause even if cosmically it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do. I think they nailed they nailed Loki as Odin in Thor 3. I loved that. Yeah, mm-hmm. agreed. Um, that was so funny. Oh, so Anthony Hopkins, mm-hmm. in the scene where he's casting Thor out yep. and Loki interrupts to intercede for Thor and Anthony Hopkins growls at him, Mm-hmm. I read somewhere that that was ad-libbed and that they just ended up <laughs> loving it so much that they kept it in. Um, That's funny. And, yeah, and to yeah. hear the characters talk about Anthony Hopkins and how he's such a presence was pretty cool to listen to. Uh. Anthony Hopkins is a brilliant actor and I cannot like I cannot complain about his performance in any of the movies. Yeah, no, he's a, he's a legend. Very much so. I still yeah. can't believe he was in the last Transformers movie. What? Really? Yeah, the last night. Which mm-hmm. one was that? Was he inside Bumblebee? Seven. Wahlberg's last one. Wahlberg's last one. So was that the one with T.J. Miller? No, that's the fourth one. And and what's the number of the last one? Five. Okay. Not counting Bumblebee. Bumblebee would actually technically be six. Fourth one lost me. I hated I, it. I think I left after the third one. Five's actually is better than fourth four. one. That is is. Is the fourth one the one that's free on Amazon Prime? The right fourth now? one, in a nutshell, <laughs> is where half of the movie is trying to get these precursor Transformers to fight on their behalf because their enemy is undefeatable. But in order to get them to fight on their behalf, they have to defeat them, which they do, and then they fight with them. And it's, I don't know, it's crazy. Uh, that that I didn't. I, that one sounds like it wasn't even good enough to be free on Amazon Prime. I <laughs> no, didn't see that. It's, it's, it's two and a half hours. Gonna, <laughs> you're, you might enjoy maybe forty-five minutes of that two and a half hours. Um, yeah. No, the, the fifth one was actually a lot better than the fourth one. I actually liked the story in the fifth one. Well, comparing it to the fourth one, I guess it really wasn't that hard. Mark Wahlberg and who else? I guess. Yeah, I didn't even watch Mark Wahlberg. Anthony Hopkins plays a pretty big part towards the middle. Hmm. There's some kind of British chick. I've seen her in other things before, but um, uh, I don't know exactly who she is. And then the, the, uh, Wahlberg's daughter from the fourth one's not even in the fifth one. So I don't, whatever. I just... The last night. Yeah. It's shorter too. It's like a little above two hours is actually a decent length, not like 240, like <clears throat> Age of Extinction and Dark of the Moon. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't think I saw Transformers after Shia LaBeouf wasn't in them anymore. Uh, 
Shia LaBeouf. Good old Shia. That 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 that, that could be a two-hour conversation. It's actually he he was he was in a recent film where he was praised quite a bit. Um, I haven't seen it, but I think he had to lose a lot of weight for it. Uh, what's what was the film? Do you know, Mike? Oh, I I think I know which one you're talking about. But yeah, I think I saw like a few photos of it or something. I, I kind of uh, had no idea what you're talking honey about. Honey boy, honey boy. Yeah, that's it. That, that's it. That was it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, huh. I haven't even heard of it. <laughs> which which phase is that in? <laughs> the uh, the multiverse of Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> where Shia LaBeouf is. Oh, no, that's so bad. <laughs> that's a Tony Stark. Shia LaBeouf is Tony Stark. <laughs> Shia LaBeouf became Shia LaDouche. What? I like Shia LaBeouf. I'm saying he became it. I liked him, too. I liked, like, Disturby and all those other movies he did, but I don't know what happened to him. He, he just I'm went. a fan of the song, actually. I'm a fan of the song. Digging up holes. Have, dig- have you seen, have you seen <laughs> Disturbia? I love Disturbia. Yeah. You hear me? No, I, I can't. It's place quite a... good. It's a semi-quasi remake of Rear Window. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Worth a watch. Eagle Eye. Eagle, Eagle Eye was good. good. I loved Eagle Eye. Yeah, Eagle Eye was good too. He he made a you lot know of what, good movies. You know what happened to Shia LaBeouf? The Transformers <laughs> happened. <Yep>. To Shia <laughs> you know what else yep. happened to him though too? Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I still have. Oh, not. I forgot about that. Don't, yeah, don't, that, don't, yeah. don't, don't that's ruin what the I Indiana keep Jones. Hearing, but I love Indiana <laughs> Jones. That's I am so thankful they're making another one because they need to, they need to make another one to the sour taste from that one. They, what are the they calling is, it? Don't you know, know yet. What, you know what the problem is? Is that Shia LaBeouf himself said that that movie was like. <laughs> garbage and you know what and it wasn't a proper send-off you know what surprised me too is that like he like threw spielberg under the bus and i'm like dude you don't throw a hollywood legend under the bus spielberg. that's a career ender what are you doing uh, i he's, he's authentic to himself what's crazy to <laughs> that's me the way to put it yeah is how all these shia labeouf films are working their way into marvel shia labeouf retrospective let's do it right. let's do it that'd be <laughs> awesome it. Make him proud. Let's give him a call. Hey, can we get you on the Shia LaBeouf retrospective so we can, like, you know, talk to you about what happened to your career? Oh, my gosh. Okay, rewind he, he would be the one to actually take us up on it. <laughs> he would. He would. Uh, Rewinding things back to right Thor. Now. I think. Yeah. Can, we, can we rewind all the way back to Thor? Oh, <laughs> uh, it was funny. All right, back to Thor. Anthony Hopkins, the legend. Yeah, he's good. I, I want to talk about Captain America. You want to go to Captain America? It's my favorite Avenger, and the first one might be, it's not my favorite movie of all time, but mm. I love Captain America. Captain America is a good, a very good movie. I thought you were going to say you liked it better than Lord of the Rings. I would have been like, my jaw would have dropped to the damn floor. Mm. No. And... <laughs> I mean, it's so much more modern. It's hard. It's getting hard to compare in terms of movies. Stories, mm. no way. Lord of the Rings is just epic. Superior. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think Captain America is a great film. There's a lot of heart in it. I think I think oh, Chris I Evans love. plays the part perfectly. I love Cap. I love Cap. Me too. Yeah. People will be surprised to know that actually the first Captain America is my favorite of the three. Yeah. Of the three Captain Americas? Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh. his origin story is just so good. And they because, take a long time on it. Yeah, and I like the fact it takes place in the 40s. I like the fact that Tommy yeah. Jones is in it. Yes, okay, yeah, know? yeah. And yeah. I love the relationship yeah. with him and Peggy. That's a very, very, very yeah. close second to, uh, to Pepper and yeah. Tony. Yeah, I applauded yeah. at the end of Endgame when I saw those two together dancing. I was like, "Finally, he gets his good ending." Finally, in the yeah. theaters, you applauded. I did. I did one of these. I, I one, of one of those guys, guys. huh? Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I applauded at the end of The Dark Knight Rises because when when, they, when uh, Bruce ended up being alive, I was like, "Thank God!" Because if, if the trilogy ends this way, I'm gonna walk out pissed. Gosh, I think oh, you saw Dark that Knight movie Rises. with. Mm-hmm. I think you saw that movie with me in theaters again for the fifth time, Mike, and I Which think one? you still applauded at the end of it. Which one? Which the... one? Endgame? So Endgame? Alistair it, doesn't it, know which one. He's just making a <laughs> joke. No. No. Alistair's no. the trigger. No, but 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 uh, Alistair's say... found his niche, and it's yeah. uh, <laughs> unhelpful. Funny comments. What did what, what did what did Jeremy call it at the end of the of the sequel trilogy? He's called it the uh, the the scruffy looking nerf herder of the. Yeah. <laughs> so I will say I I I've mentioned to my wife before that I am most entertained by Spider Man in mm-hmm. um, in Marvel, but I am most inspired by Captain America as a superhero. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I agree. I mean, he's got some of my favorite lines, one of which is in Avengers when Natasha tells him, she's like, you can't go down there. They're practically gods. He's like, there's only one god, ma'am, and I'm pretty sure he doesn't dress like that. <laughs> Just like <laughs> he's, a great line. he's America's yeah. hero. Yeah. Yeah, that was a great line. I but mean, yeah, the eventual corruption of Captain America is another story in and of itself. But I I agree. I I really appreciate where he comes from. I think they had a good cast of characters, and I know Hugo Weaving hates playing the evil German guy and everything he does. <laughs> but uh, he does. Is that really... Elrond? Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> the Matrix, Mr. Smith. He yeah, does Mr. a he Mr. does Smith. a really good uh, Red Skull. I, oh I my mean, gosh! He does. Yes, he, he does. does. I I'm so sad that he did not come back for that after the first movie. Yeah. Yeah. Although I'll tell you, the guy they got to replace him in in uh, in end or was it end, end game? Uh, Infinity War. Infinity War. Infinity War. He, he sounded close. He looked just like them. Well, so it was a CG rendering of of Red Skull, and it was a voice actor imitating mm-hmm. him. Yeah. Why didn't he do it? Um, I think I think just what I said. He was tired of playing the evil oh, German guy yeah. as a role. He had some issues with Marvel too, though. I think. Oh, did he? Okay. I think so I think so. Um, Interesting. That's a discussion I want to have with you guys too. I want to ask you guys your opinions on Matrix Four, but we'll get into that one hmm. after this is yeah. over. Fair enough. Fair um, enough. But yeah, yeah, you know, it's one of those movies. You're right. You're right, uh, Dan. That uh, because I like you know like Tommy Lee Jones in the movie. Uh, Stanley Tucci is really good too. Um, mm-hmm. You know Hugo Weaving. I just I just like the cast and, and just the time period in this movie. I mean, yes. I mean, don't get me wrong. Winter Soldier and Civil War are excellent movies, but yeah, there's just something special about this one that the other two don't that don't have it. This one has. I think Captain America has the best setup of a character. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, it's the best backstory of every yeah. single. Uh, when he dove there. on that grenade, I love I love that part. Yeah. I'll mm-hmm. never stop loving that. And scene. interestingly too, the end of 
Captain America when he just crashes into the ice and he wakes up and Peggy Carter's gone. Mm-hmm. That yeah. was kind of a heartbreak for me as a viewer because oh, I sure. really gravitate toward the relationships and things. And to have that, to, to, to yeah. sit there and think, oh, wow, that'll never happen. And yeah. there's just no way. It was kind of kind of heartbreaking. It was. And then having him go back to watch her documentary and all that stuff. I yeah, I I really liked pretty much everything Captain America had to offer. And that's why I plotted at the end oh. of Endgame. That's yeah. why I did it because that heartbreaking moment went out hey, the window. We were on yeah. the same page and then you had to go break <laughs> <laughs> I'm I don't on the think fence I've ever applauded at a movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it takes a lot for me to applaud. I have to like, really feel it. And really, to be honest, for Star Wars being so loved of mine, I've never applauded at the end of a Star Wars movie, though. Mm. But you know what? I would The Goosebumps thing is close enough, I guess. I guess that kind of does it. Though. Did you cry? I cry when? Did you cry? Do you cry at the movies? You know, surprisingly, the last movie I think I cried in when I watched was probably the movie uh, uh, Water Trolls for Elephants. Too. <laughs> no, Water for Elephants, actually. Did you ever see that? With, uh, no. with Robert Pattinson and Reese Witherspoon and uh, Christoph Waltz from Inglorious Bastards. Isn't that like six years old? Yeah. Wow. I cry see, at movies more I, often than you, I think. I cry at movies like all the time. <laughs> Cars too. There were there was something that I've seen recently that I did, and I don't remember what the hell it was now. Uh, was it not Endgame? <laughs> no, no, I plotted at the end of that. Did I not- cried. Game. Oh yeah, you and me both, man. I, what's so funny? I saw that movie in theaters three times, and the first time, I was, I was emotional because of what had happened. The second time, I got emotional earlier because I knew what was coming. I yeah, that was Wait, which part? Which scene? I know what it is. I now. think it was probably leading up to Tony Stark's uh, self-sacrifice. Oh, okay. And I think well, I think what makes it so powerful at the end is because this is the culmination of the entirety of the the twenty three movie series. Yeah. Like it's just and this is where it's come to. It started with Tony. It ends with Tony. Yeah. And he's not even my favorite Avenger, but I love how they've all how they've all come together because if you remember in Avengers, Cap is accusing Iron Man of not being the kind of guy to lay down on the barbed wire mm-hmm. and he's always like, "Well, I'd think my way out of it. I'd I'd, you know, cut the barbed wire or whatever his response is, I forget." Mm-hmm. But just wow. this he becomes someone that he was not even close to being early on it was Mm -hmm. it was and the way they they had that one song with those synth cortana sounding instruments that was such a great soundtrack oh yeah i actually remember the last movie i cried for now i actually remember it it's a movie that alistair and i actually talked about on our uh, favorites of last year see dan Uh, mike is only coming back now and saying that he's crying to feel like He's part of the group. We can't yeah. actually. We can't give him this <laughs> oh, anymore because uh, <laughs> sensitive guys came forward, and now Mike's coming out. No, no but seriously, no. The, the movie last year I saw was um, uh, Five Feet Apart. I haven't heard of that one. Uh, it's 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 the about cystic fibrosis. Um, and oh, it's, I remember you talking about this one, Mike. 
Yeah, um, yeah. About those two, I think that's what it is, right? When you, when they can't get too close to them, they have that lung that lung issue. I think it's cystic fibrosis. Oh. Yeah, when they the, the one girl falls in love with with the guy, they're in this facility together, and at the end of the movie, it ends really sad because she can't be with them because she's getting better and he's not. And that whole that whole final scene was just it was just heartbreaking. And and I think now, especially with what's going on in the world now with this whole six feet apart thing, mm-hmm. that movie rings pretty true now. And I, it, Jesus, now I'm even getting a little teary eyed just thinking about it. Um, yeah. You know, it's just, it's just, it's sad, especially with the world being the way it is now. And it, and then they live, live like yeah, that. I still want to, I still want to watch that one. The Nickelodeon or the Disney Channel kid? Oh, Cole Sprouse? Yeah. Oh my gosh, he's 28 years old. <laughs> now, do you feel old now? Do you feel old? <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just the sweet life that, of that Zach and Cody. Life. Did you guys ever watch that show? Yes. Zach and Cody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I feel wow. old because I watched that show like what was like 15 years ago. And I'm, holy shit, I'm old. He's 20. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, he's yeah, 28. See, here we That's go. That's not old. We've gone. We've gone from Marvel to Shia years, LaBeouf, yeah. back to Marvel. Now we're on to the Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. Uh, <laughs> this is the Sweet Life. <laughs> yeah. So, so Marvel's Avenger. Avengers. Uh-huh. <laughs> out of it. I am out of uh-huh. it today. Um, Marvel's the Avengers. I. don't think I had ever seen anything like that. I, I, when I try to think about these retrospectives, I always try and put myself in the place of when I watched it for the first time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was, ju- I just remember staying in the theater to see the, the after movie credit videos yep. and just thinking like, what if there's a crossover? It was just such a big deal. <laughs> it seems more or less that that's just how things are nowadays, especially with the amount of media that's getting put out there. But oh, yeah. man, that was just so cool to have them all introduced and come together and argue and then fight together. Mm-hmm. I think the goosebumps I got from the like the main Avengers theme when they're all like you know going in the circle and it's just suddenly they're all fighting in the same team as yeah. a unit. I That is the strongest inkling of goosebumps that I think I've ever gotten in a movie at that point in my life. Mm. Like, it was the best. That was 2012 Jeremy's dream. Hey, you got to start somewhere. <laughs> Honestly, I, and again, I think one of my favorite parts of the collaborative movies is how each character has their own role and it's so Mm. obvious and distinct from the rest like captain america becomes the strategy commander telling people what to do and how to do it and they're all splitting off in their own separate ways and Mm. yeah yeah i will say i am saddened that we don't see more clark gregg in uh like who's clark gregg uh phil golson Mm. like we see bits and pieces of him he is one of my favorite characters in the entirety of the universe because of his wit and his like his quick humor yeah like that the face is just 
<laughs> he's so he's so great, and he know like he knows how to handle these people. It's great. First it's fight of the Marvel retrospective. I don't really care about Agent Coulson. <laughs> oh, boy. Wow. That, that oh, might be fighting words. <laughs> hey, Alistair. Alistair, you know what? I'm, I'm going to move to the side. You want to join me and let these two just... Um... <laughs> so, sort of well, no. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to, like, fight against him because who the heck is he? Even I'm, I'm just like... I like I like that he's the most consistent actor in phase one and I like mm-hmm. that he is a nice guy but I one of my disconnects was Agent Coulson was supposed to be the guy to bring them all together and I I didn't feel connected to him now I never watched Marvel Agents of Shield um no I I know what's going on in that show right now speak. and I am I am confused by what what the heck they're even doing right now okay um because i muted dan for the sake of uh you know i didn't want to hear the argument what uh, <laughs> no i didn't i didn't <laughs> but, <laughs> it wasn't a very good argument <laughs> no no i i i get i understand why you don't feel as connected to colson i feel like colson is what we all wanted to be like we wanted to i wanted to be captain america well no 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 he (laughs) he aspired he wanted to be captain america he looked up to superheroes but he knew that he didn't have any powers and he was doing what he could to bring these people together you see little tidbits of him in the movies in the first iron man in uh in thor like he pulls the same stuff but he is the same likable funny character but in a serious way and then when he dies, it's it is it is painful for me. Sure, but it he doesn't. But he, but he doesn't die. Okay. That's true. He doesn't die, but they can't know that. Okay, now my question to you is: Okay, how did they explain that? Because I, I saw the first episode of Agents of Shield when they showed him alive. But we've it was, where is he it's hiding? Some, like brain thing, right? It, it was no. It was a. Uh, um, he went to a place uh, that they nicknamed Tahiti, and every single time that Tahiti was brought up, Agent Coulson would go, oh, it's a magical place. Like, he was kind of brainwashed at this place because he didn't know exactly how he survived. It was something mm. that was even above his pay grade. And it was like some, I think it was... Oh, it was a plan devised mm. in a secret boardroom at well, Disney the thing is, Marvel no. Cinematic Universe. <laughs> the thing, no, uh, what I love about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is that actually ties in with the movies as the seasons go on. I see, that's compelling. I would watch it for that it, reason. It, it's good up until... So when does it start? Does it start right after Avengers then? Yes, pretty close, it yeah. does. It does. And is it still I, on? It's ending believe- this year. Oh, it is ending. Okay. Yeah. Forever. I, I will say the last season was kind of, eh, like, I, I haven't watched it. I haven't kept up with it. But oh, they the probably first, don't like, want three or four seasons were pretty good. Oh, wait till you know what's going on now. I read what's going on right now, and I, it's but Coulson, confusing you, as shit. You, you get a more, a, a better rapport with Coulson going into this, too. I like Coulson in the show just as much as I do like him in the movies. Mm-hmm. How do they explain him staying his staying hidden that he's alive from the Avengers all this time? Uh, maybe it's kind of like a black book shield thing because then then like the entirety of uh, like even Captain America Civil War or not Civil War yeah. um, when uh, Hydra when takes over when Winter Soldier happens that actually happens in the show too 
So they dissolve Hydra slash shields. Yes, yes, and it becomes it becomes mm-hmm. like a new shield, but it's a smaller group of shield agents, basically. Here's my question about Agent Coulson. Mm-hmm. Why did it take him from the beginning of Iron Man all the way till the end to realize that strategic homeland intervention something logistics division spells out shield don't you think they that'd be the first thing you'd realize it could have been yes that is okay dan i see where you're going with this no that was just like shield and they want they had a joke but it Mm -hmm. you can tell it was a deconstruction instead of like an organic joke Mm -hmm. but i if you didn't watch it i would at least watch the first few seasons of Agents of Shield. That's a pretty good mm. show. Okay. Cool. I might have to do that now because I'm actually really curious to see the whole Colson thing how it plays out now. After Clone he's Wars, just, he's just as funny. He like he's he's even more funny in the show than he is in the movies. That's cool. cool. Yeah. But, yeah. Yep. And anyway, back to uh, Avengers since yeah. Dan doesn't like talking about Colson. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> no. I. Uh, I did see him yawn. And yeah. I, I'm yawning a lot. You're yawning too. I think it's. I'm just tired for this one. It's, it's, it's contagious. We're all well, we're also hard. dealing with we're dealing with how many movies in one six? Yeah, in one sitting. We were overwhelmed with Star Wars, and we had to do three at one time. Mm-hmm. Those were a little easier though because they were more thing with their story. You know, it was one right. story. a lot more linear. Yeah, one one story based thing. But uh, but yeah, I know the Avengers. You know, I. <laughs> What's what's interesting here, and I get I've I've talked to some people that actually give the movie criticism, and I, I oh, it drives me nuts. So the biggest criticism I keep hearing from people is that, well, it, it doesn't it doesn't it has no like character development. And I'm like, there were five movies before it that were character development. Right. I mean, right. What, yeah. What do you what do you want? Well, well, there's characters in there that don't. I said, well, wait. Hawkeye gets development as it goes on. Black Widow gets development as it goes on. They all get development as it goes. Yeah. You know, and Black Widow's yeah. finally getting her own movie. The way I view movie. those collabs is it's not necessarily, well, maybe this is considered character development, but it's relationship development. Mm-hmm. So the characters, and this is what I've liked, is the writers and directors have all played so nicely with one another and they've prioritized continuity so much that you have an arrogant Thor and a maybe too humble little bit full of himself Captain America dealing with Tony Stark and and just the relationships start to develop so they they don't really change as individuals but I mean what Stark sees in Avengers affects him for the rest of his story arc yeah I mean he gets pretty solid PTSD if he didn't already have it from his you know Afghanistan imprisonment he gets pretty solid PTSD that is the main thing in three Mm -hmm. and is his main drive I would say for the rest of the franchise um and then I guess yeah I don't know I feel like that's just a false claim I feel like the character yeah. development, it happens in a way of it's just establishing the relationships with the other heroes. Mm-hmm. It's not, it, it doesn't matter if you develop your relationship in this movie. That's, that's how it's going to go. Like You're going to be working on it throughout the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like it, it, the, the way that they act in the, in the first Avengers is no way, shape, or form how they act in uh, Endgame. 
Oh no, they changed so much differently. There. Like they trust each other like completely in that mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. Absolutely. I think Loki was kind of a eh bad guy because I don't feel like he did too much. <laughs> yeah, if if there's one bad thing to take away from that negative thing, it's that Loki is just kind of a meh villain, especially since he already was a villain in, in Thor one. So we kind of yeah. already had him as one. So it kind of felt like treading into familiar territory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in effectively using a an, an infinity or two infinity stones. Yeah, two. Mm-hmm. At that point. It's just like, okay, well, there's a lot of potential, but you used Loki. <laughs> yeah, but, but Thanos used uh, the wrong guy as the wrong pawn in the game. <laughs> yeah. But that was that's probably kind of the point though. It is, yeah, right. I would agree. Right. He's too conflicted of a villain. Right. There's too much there's there's too much yeah, with, with relationship with the Thor and everything, it's just his, he's all torn up inside to be, you know, straight-minded with, with villainy. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's not committed to it. Exactly. I don't know what else I have to say about Avengers. Like, I think... Yeah, I mean, it's pretty straightforward. It speaks for itself. I mean... So there's this one thing that Joss Whedon does that I've noticed is he has a really high-paid, noticeable extra that he over-focuses on. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure Marvel's The Avengers... Hmm, Maybe that's Avengers Age of Ultron. Is it the the blonde waitress, the girl from Step by Step, who then is interviewed in the news? I think that's her. I'll pull it up. You guys will know exactly who I'm talking yeah, about. I'm not 100% sure. I'll know when I see the face. Because he does this thing where there's like... Yeah, there we go. Her name is Beth. Huh. Can I screen share? Yeah, go ahead. Share screen. Oh, host disabled it. Oh. Hmm. Okay. Well, that's not good. Let's see if. Uh... Okay, I'm gonna make. Uh, I don't know how to do that. That's all right. Shoot. It's just this tight. I mean, yeah. Well, well you, you, you said Beth. I'll look it up and I'll screen. Yeah. Uh, Beth Avengers. Yeah. Beth oh Avengers. yeah. Yeah. And so it's funny because, like, when you know that she is in a couple of the scenes, she sees the Chitari attacking. Oh, okay. Yeah. And- um she's interviewed at the very end of the movie too you just yep. notice that it like sticks on her and you're like high paid extra <laughs> that always yeah, sticks out much. to me <laughs> okay what can you guys see there can you guys see the picture yeah yep. oh yeah okay so i know who she is so she actually played on growing pains as a child was it growing pains or step by step it was growing pains she was okay. the daughter of the Seavers. Yeah. Um, and actually, uh give you a little note too, for like for The Last of Us, she actually voices um Ellie in The Last of Us. Hmm. Oh, oh, no way. Yeah. Uh-huh. Man, what a good game. I like that they made a Lego version of her right yeah. there. <laughs> That's when you know you're a legitimate actress mm-hmm. or actor. Oh, for a thing, yeah. Yep. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Um But yeah, so so Josh Whedon uses her a lot. No, 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 no. It's just in Avengers, 
when there's these mass, there's groups of unknown extras, it focuses mm-hmm. on her and she's like acting more than the rest of the extras and noticing the attack coming or, you know, mm-hmm. um, it just, it's weird when you watch it. I feel as though she sticks out. Oh yeah, very oh. much so. And yes. then I, he does it again in age of Ultron, but it's, it's been too long. So I don't know. Good old Joss Whedon. Whenever I think of Joss Whedon, all I can think of is Firefly and Serenity. Ooh, so good. I loved Firefly. That that was so short-lived. Uh, that, should, that should have been on a very long time. But don't always get what we want. For another day. You either die a hero or live, live long enough to become the villain. <laughs> okay, Harvey Dent. <laughs> <laughs> that Could was you imagine? Uh, if Could Firefly you imagine had that? three seasons, we'd be talking about that show that we hated. It went off the rails. It jumped the shark. Hey, Could you hey. imagine if Marvel took the same approach as uh, The Dark Knight? Take uh, take every single one of the characters. You 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 either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become a vision, the uh, villain. The Avengers are the villains at the end of the MCU. That, aren't they? That kind of. Did you well, see Civil War? Well, if you go with people's philosophy of some people agree with Thanos's mission, I guess the Avengers could be perceived yeah. as the villains. I guess so. What an anti-human perspective. I, I, I've never agreed with it. You'll never get me to agree to that. No. No. No? No. I'll never agree with Thanos' philosophy. No. I will, I will turn blue to convince you that that's wrong. I will. Oh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a phase three debate. Yes, it is. Sure. Yeah. Fair enough. But, uh, okay. So, I, I mean, yeah. So, Favorite movie, right? We got to do favorite movie. That's right. More importantly, we got to do favorite moment and least favorite moment. Those are my, some of my oh. favorite things. Okay, mm. okay, we'll do the we'll do the favorite movie and least favorite movie first, and then we'll go. Okay. To... All right. Who wants to start off? Not me. Oh, definitely <laughs> not me. Ooh. Well, Mike doesn't like to start, so I think I'll go. All right. I'll let you start. I thought about it, but go ahead. My my favorite it's almost too easy, but I think I'll have to say my favorite is Captain America. Okay. Is it Captain America more than Avengers? Yes, it's Captain America. And my least favorite is, uh, Incredible Hulk. <sighs> yeah. I think we might yeah. all be in agreement with least favorite on that. Incredible one. Hulk. <laughs> Or Iron Man, two. I just I can't throw Iron Man two under the bus like. That. Oh no, you can't throw Iron Man two beneath uh, Incredible Hulk. No way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no hey, way. They're, they're my ratings. Mm-hmm. It's got Scarlett Johansson and Iron Man two. You cannot throw her below Incredible Hulk and Liv Tyler. I don't know. No, no, that'd be a crime. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right, I'll go next. Why not? I'll break tradition here. Um. Favorite movie? Yeah, I'm kind of in agreement with probably Captain America. Um, I, I like Thor quite a bit, but um, same. Thor, well, Thor three is still my favorite of that trilogy. So I mean, it's. Uh, but yeah, Captain America. Um, and then least favorite's easy. It's by a long shot Incredible Hulk. Hmm. Least favorite Incredible Hulk because I think. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering what Alistair's going to say when it gets after me, but um, <laughs> favorite. Gosh, it's it's really close, but I think Captain America, out of the phase one, I think Captain America is my favorite. 
three for three, baby. Oh boy, pressure's on now. Going for the perfect, the perfect uh, thing. We never had this before. Um, least favorite, Hulk. Favorite, Captain America. Yes. Is that true? Is that true? That's, that's, true, real? that's that's for real. Let's put okay. it under pressure. Peer pressure. Nice. Peer pressure. I couldn't be more real if I tried. <laughs> <laughs> We'll so for the you. first time ever, we are in full agreement of favorite and least of a of a of a phase or a trilogy. Wow. Okay, mm-hmm. another round. Second favorite and okay. <laughs> <laughs> <Least> favorite. <laughs> That'll be interesting to do when we do all twenty three. Oh gosh. Yeah, rate them all. We'll Come have a whole episode oh, for that. Um, okay, so favorite moment and least favorite moment. Hmm. I know six movies is not easy to pick a favorite in the least. That's tough. Yeah, it's tough. Well, I'll, I I think I'll I'll go first. Gary, I'll try to think. Favorite moment uh, going back to it. Love when Steve Rogers dives on the grenade. I just I think that is such a such a Steve Rogers moment. Heroic. <laughs> yeah. He's still um, skinny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> right. Still skinny. Yeah. That. That that part of the, the Tommy Lee Jones, man. Um, yeah. Least favorite any romantic scenes between Thor and Jane. <laughs> you don't now like you, the ceiling. Wait a I minute. see Whoa. you, Jeremy. I Whoa. see you. Now you sound <laughs> like me. I, I, happen the think, I happen to think it's pretty cute when they're on the roof talking <laughs> about Norse myth together. No. Or rather, oh Marvels. No. It's just uh, okay. So. Are as guardian women really that terrible that in a thousand years you could not find someone you'd be attracted to? Hey, I thought I thought I thought Sif was pretty hot. I don't know what was wrong with her. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking around and he's looking at her and I'm thinking, what the heck's wrong with her? She's right in front of you. Oh, She's a warrior. God. She's tough like you. What is the problem? I think right. for him it's about different he wants something novelty than asgardian culture and uh no i think he respect (laughs) i think he respects jane's (laughs) strength despite her weak mortal her weakness sure sure and so maybe he even applauds her mental fortitude as being greater than the asgardians because she's so fragile Mm. as a human i don't know sounds patronizing to me (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) I'm yeah. just kidding. Hey, hey, I didn't, I didn't say that was my favorite relationship no. by any. Hey, we'll, we'll be fair. We'll reserve the rights after Thor four to see how it all wraps itself up to see how the relationship goes. We'll, yeah, and then we'll, you know, see how they, uh, see how Takia Takia Wakatiti writes their relationship. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I don't, I don't hate it. It's, it's hard to find something I didn't like about these movies. Yeah. <laughs> it's tough. It is tough. It is. Least favorite moment. Liv Tyler and the Incredible Hulk. Oh, come on. <laughs> Bravo. Bravo, uh, Jeremy. I got Mike you to clap. That's a... My Lord my Lord of the Rings my Lord of the Rings podcast self is, is applauding you right now. Thank All right. You. Have a good night, guys. <laughs> <laughs> favorite moment? I think when the oh my gosh, Alistair actually left. Oh my gosh. You had me there. You did. You had Um, me at hello. I think my favorite moment was when 
Iron Man like dons the full armor for the first time. You see all the gears and ships and everything. I know it's yeah, and the music that goes with it. It's just so incredibly badass. You see this whole thing coming together, and it's I thought it was pretty cool. I think any moment when ACDC song comes out in those movies is just badass. <laughs> hmm. Dan's over there daydreaming. I'm just trying to. <laughs> I'm gonna put a little thought bubble above his head. He has too many favorite lines. Yeah, favorite well, moments. so that's what I find. My favorite moments end up boiling down to lines, I guess. Dialogue. Um, Another. <laughs> not, not even the. Well, sort of the jokes, I guess. Okay, so. Ah. Uh, Dust mother no, you wear the drapes. <laughs> <laughs> so my least favorite moment, and it's not so much a moment as it is just a thing or a theme. I think that Hemsworth overdoes it when he plays Thor in the first movie. Mm-hmm. It okay. feels like... That's fair. I, I don't know how to explain it. It just feels like he's trying too hard um unless it's funny like when it's comedic i like it but yeah that'll be my least favorite i guess um favorite moment i don't know it's either gotta be when captain america jumps out of the uh what do they call their plane? Oh my gosh, my brain's shutting down. Uh, the oh, the jet, the yeah. something wing or something. I can't um, remember. Yeah, yeah, losing it. You're making me want to think of the damn jet from X Men. Yeah, I was just gonna say that's what I was thinking of too. Anyway, or a pepper and and tony moment i i guess (laughs) either when he's in the office with the strawberries or when they're up at his um in his building in avengers and like forget about the strawberry scene scene. (laughs) the one thing i'm allergic to strawberries (laughs) strawberries that's yeah i forgot about that that is a funny scene (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or when she's sad when he comes back in the first one a few cheers for your long lost boss just the way they riff that's my mm-hmm. my favorite part is pepper and tony the whole way through <laughs> <laughs> um okay uh least favorite moment lift tyler and the incredible hulk you guys um or, 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 or I'll, I'll, be, I'll be kind. I'll say Betsy Ross and the Incredible Hulk. It's <laughs> Betty. It's Betty. I'm going to call her Betsy. All right, I'll stay. I'll Betsy. Betsy Ross is who Betsy. is the seamstress that made the American flag. Isn't that true? Well, you know what? <laughs> it's too I, similar. Hey, Liv Tyler is that plane in the Incredible Hulk. It's like she came out of that I got to look period. that up. Yeah. Oh, I'm Eli- calling her Betsy Ross. Elizabeth Griscom Ross, <laughs> also known by her second and 
third Mary names Ashburn and Claypool, the upholsterer who was credited by her relatives with making the first flag. I'm going to take a moment here and say that if I ever said that name wrong in this entire episode, I am so sorry. Yeah, did you? I think you said Betsy think, Ross, too. I think I did. She's turning over in her grave. You both are so blinded by hatred for Liv Tyler that you can't even get her character names right. And now, ladies and gentlemen, your history lesson of the day from Dan English. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, no, real, no, realistically, no. I won't say that the least favorite moment because that's not even fair. Um, no, least favorite moment... Um, I made him change it. Yes. I mean, I don't like her performance at all. It's definitely Baby there. Baby steps. Definitely there. Uh, I won't judge her performance per se for the least favorite. But uh, no, I think probably my least favorite probably has to come out of probably the Incredible Hulk anyway. And it, it probably is just, you know, I, I watch it now and knowing that Ruffalo plays that part, I just look at Edward Norton as a whole as just like, eh. It's just, the moment it's just, he comes on screen. It's just, it's just, he's just, he, he's just meh. He's just, you know, he's plain. Yeah. But um, so yeah, I'll, I'll go with just maybe just Norton and, and Incredible Hulk. Just, it's, it's just too plain for me. Um, and then probably favorite moment. Uh, mm. Dang. Your favorite moment is the uh, the opening mm. moment when you see a shirtless Chris Evans on screen, right? <laughs> <laughs> I actually saw in the extra materials that the actress that plays Agent Carter was was actually shocked at how fit he was and mm. reaches out to touch him. They said that she was kind of like slipping out of character because she was like, oh my gosh, she's like a bodybuilder. I, don't, I feel like a lot of that stuff's manufactured after the fact, but it's funny to think about. No, uh, I think favorite oh, moment, um, I think favorite moment actually probably is um in avengers just that moment like jeremy said when they're all doing that they're doing that circular camera shot when all the heroes are just kind of standing mm. there and black widows you know uh, re, uh, reloading her gun and and, and it's just that whole moment with the camera flipping around and the music's just kind of coming through mm. and all the attacks are around them that's just a that's an iconic moment of even the whole mm. marvel cinematic universe yeah it's just, it's just a great scene that, I think that, that moment that one shot too of all mm. of them is just I yeah. thought I remember that being awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think that moment, that one cinematic moment changed the entire film industry forever. Oh, it did. No question about it, because a bar had been set. How to make a comic book movie. A bar had been had been set. And I don't think really I mean, look at DC with Justice League. I mean, they they failed. They yeah. failed. I mean, I am very curious to see that Snyder cut because I'm hearing a lot of good things about it. So I'll reserve judgment on Justice League till I see that. It's so interesting to me, though. J.J. Abrams gives this TED Talk about what makes movies, and he's talking about Jaws. And the scene that he actually talks about to capture what's so special about Jaws has nothing to do with the shark. It's when the guy is at the dinner table, and he asks his son for a kiss, and he says, why? And he says, because we need it so much or something like that. Mm -hmm. And and I think he, he nails it in that what makes marvel so superior to dc is character development mm -hmm. which is ironic that you even brought it up as a criticism against it because what you have is five plus the new introductions well-developed characters already progressing through their arc 
right. interacting with one another in a way that is true to the characters that have been set up for them in such a way that they even have ideological and, you know, just they conflict with one another in ways that can only be possible if you know each character really well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when you know they know each other's stories and they're going back and forth, like everything special about you came out of a bottle. What would you be without the suit? And they just like, they, those arguments are only possible on the foundation of the characters that they've developed. Sure. And when you look to DC, it's like, you know, Batman, you know, Superman, mm-hmm. but Flash and cyborg are introductions and had they done the wonder woman standalone by then after when the for justice league wonder woman came after justice league okay yeah Yeah. so like three main characters you had never even seen before yeah Mm -hmm. they just it's i don't think it's about the action i think the action is important and it can take away from the movie or add to it but the the crux of it is going to be how you develop the characters and how they interact with one another. I think the problem with uh, with Justice League was that it was too too edgy. Everything was too edgy. There was a dark side component to like everything about that movie. Yeah. I got I got bored with it. It was too flashy. The movie was trying to be so busy and, and be all effects heavy. And I don't know why that movie felt the need to be like every single background was, was CG or green screened. I mean, they were in the freaking room where, um, where uh, uh, Bruce had all of his equipment in that garage. And mm-hmm. I swear that the backgrounds in that scene were CG. Yeah. Why? I, w- I will say, though, about that movie, Jesse Eisenberg plays a really good Lex Luthor. I... It's not, you're being funny, right? Yeah, I was going to say, um, uh, the closest thing I'd give to him is, 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 is um, uh, that's like saying Kevin Spacey was a good Lex Luthor in Superman Returns. Was uh, he not? No. No, Kevin Spacey, no. See, now no. I know why, now I know how Alistair has fun during these things. That was a, <laughs> I traded they, both of you. You guys are like super it. First serious. First of all, it wasn't Lex Luthor, it was his nephew, right? Or something like that? Or his son? For... Jesse Eisenberg wasn't Lex Luthor. Oh, no, he's Luther. Lex Luthor. He... No, he's Lex Luthor. No. I thought yeah. he was Zuckerberg. Well, he was that too. <laughs> Thank you, Al. <laughs> No, uh, really, to be honest with you, I haven't seen a good Lex Luthor since Smallville's Lex Luthor. Uh, he was a fantastic Lex Luthor. And every, 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 every Lex Luthor since then Smallville is Smallville Luthor was good. He was fantastic. He was good because you could believe that he and Superman would sometimes be on the same side of things. Yep. Hmm. I th- Okay, wow, I guess he was Luthor. I, I must have thought... <laughs> that his Lex Luthor was so bad that he like pushed him off into like being someone else. I hated the scene where he like put the jelly Jolly Rancher in the guy's mouth or whatever. <laughs> oh, I I think what had happened was he was like, oh, Heath Ledger's career would have really taken off because of his performance as the Joker, and he tried to be the same thing and. It just fell on his face. Yeah, I, I, I never, I, I, that, when that movie started and, and he said he was Lex Luthor, I was like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not. I was, ex- I was excited. Yeah. 
I was excited because see... everything else I loved Jesse Eisenberg up to that point. Mm-hmm. I, I know that uh, I, I haven't seen Smallville, but I think John Cryer plays a really good Lex Luthor in the suit. He's, he's not bad. He's not bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, 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 I buy him uh, more so than Spacey or, uh, or Eisenberg. Way mm, more. Cool. I haven't gotten that far in Supergirl, but that's cool. Anyways, we're yeah. Wow, what a chance! We cannot stay on topic to save our lives tonight. Not today. <laughs> we're okay, just giving, so for we're next just podcast, previews of upcoming podcasts. <laughs> for next podcast, I'm gonna have my notes. I'm gonna have my favorites. Yes, I'm gonna be a lot more together <laughs> and a lot less yawny. I think the title should for this one should be Phase One? Question mark? (laughs) (laughs) Phase one with some other stuff. Phase one plus. Oh my gosh. Plus other stuff. You want to hear about Shia LaBeouf and Sweet Life? You listen to this too. We should somehow work Shia into into every episode. We're already doing that with It's Sticky, so What a motif. <laughs> Is that that podcast that talks about sticky stuff all the time? <laughs> Grumpy looking nerf herder of the night. <laughs> Alistair Eggert. <laughs> Al comes uh, into these with his trigger, his triggering words for everybody. How should I do it tonight? <laughs> okay, well, on a, on a final note, uh, we'll got to go to our usual thing. Oh. What, are, what, are you, what, are you, what are your scores for, this, for the movies? I respectfully refuse to score these. What? It, I tr- so I tried. At my, at my last job, we had some Marvel fans, and my coworker cleverly asked me my least favorite one of the entire series, and I, mm. I couldn't pick it. It's incredible. And so, and so we tried to start scoring them. I had five categories with five subcategories per category <laughs> that were like weighted points and you could assign, move your weighting. And it just, it's too hard. I can't it's, score them. It's that a being lot said, to, yeah. Captain America 10, <laughs> Thor 9, Marvel Avengers 10, Iron Man nine hulk seven iron man two eight see you did it you got it (laughs) that's because i always sit around 10 10 means hey i liked this this is pretty good (laughs) hey as long as you're not like alistair and him giving uh, rise skywalker five and solo a five so i mean it's (laughs) i gave rise of skywalker five yeah you five (laughs) and then he gave solo a five (laughs) iron man uh seven Incredible Hulk, five. Iron Man, two, six. Mm. Thor, eight. Avengers, nine. Captain America, ten. I I like that rating a lot. I can't believe Incredible Hulk got a five. (laughs) Wait a minute. It's it's, it's on par with Solo? Oh, yeah. Different wow. universe. Don't uh, let if, don't let wow. him go around now. No, if if I had to get if I had to go back and re-rate Solo, I'd probably rate Solo to four if I was comparing it against Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> wow. wow, wow, wow. Okay, um, Iron Man. Wow. I'm gonna give that an eight. Incredible Hulk. I. Would you say seven for Iron Man, Al? Yeah. yeah. Disrespectful. Incredible Hulk. <laughs> 
disappointing. I'll put I'll put Incredible Hulk as as a six as a standalone. I'll do that. Interesting. Okay. Because I don't I honestly looking back at it I don't consider it canon. I don't because it and doesn't it's not fit. Bad. It's not. It's bad. not bad. It's not bad, but it's not good in some ways too. Um, Iron Man two, eight. Thor, eight. Captain America. Captain America is a nine, and the Avengers is a ten. You like Iron Man two better than Iron Man one. I put them at the same score. Oh, both of them were eight. I have a short memory. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Okay. Uh, Iron Man. <laughs> Can you put in the description of this episode? Put Dan is having an off day. Please forgive. <laughs> Please forgive Dan, Dan, Dan's. Uh, it's a Monday. Oh, it's, it's Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, Alistair's having an off day. Okay. Iron Man one, nine. Uh, Captain, no, what's next? Incredible Hulk. Okay, I'll do what Jeremy did. As a standalone, seven. Ben. In, in continuity of the MCU, <laughs> the continuity of the MCU, five. There. Um, Just like Solo. Yeah. No, no, no. Get me started on that one. Uh, anyway, uh, Iron Man 2, eight. Thor, nine. And the Avengers, eight. Did you rate Captain you America? Yeah, you oh, Captain God. America. Wow. Captain America's ten. Yeah, <laughs> compared to Hulk, there it is. Captain America was an afterthought to him, and he still yeah. rated it higher. Hey, yeah, I say I saved the best for last. Yeah, <laughs> I do love period pieces, and the entire franchise as a whole is woefully lacking them. Yeah. That's one of the things I found so fun about Captain Marvel, despite being so depressed that the 90s are old enough for a period piece. <laughs> yeah, that's... Yeah, like, you're that's like, oh, magic. yeah, Blockbuster. Oh, yeah, Radio... Oh, yeah, Real <laughs> Big Fish. Or no, what was it? Um, no Doubt. You're like, yeah. I feel, I feel old when 21 years ago, the Blockbusters of 1999 were The Phantom Menace and The Matrix. The Matrix, yeah. 21 yeah. years ago. The yeah, Phantom Menace wow. is 21 years old. I wasn't, wow. yeah, that's right, because I wasn't even in middle school when I saw The Matrix in theaters, because my dad and brother went Jeez. to see it, mm -hmm. determined that I could see it, and then took me <laughs> to the theaters for, like, my 10th birthday or something. Nice. Wow. Good 10th birthday. Yeah, it was. Matrix was pretty badass. But... <laughs> All right, so phase two will be next, the next six films. Uh, did we say that was probably going to be the most debated one? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Since so Dan what is, okay, is going to come if, to a Thor's defense and dark world. What if, what if we make next one, not all of phase two, but just mm -hmm. Iron Man, Thor, Captain America, and Avengers? And then we group up Ant Man's and Guardians and Doctor. Into Phase Three, or you? No, mean... no, not into Phase Three. But we add a we add an episode. Okay, so basically okay, so... pulling Ant Man and Guardians out of Phase Two, 
and taking those with their sequels respectively so basically doing like two episodes kind of around phase three phase three will be basically part one and part two because phase three is so big yeah well sure but two of them will be from phase two yeah yeah and then i might even advocate two. that we take spider-man well maybe that's too much uh. okay yeah that works i mean yeah we'll, if we have to add one we'll add one just so we can get them all in because i know phase three is gonna would be too long for 11 films i mean that would that would take us probably four hours to get through yep at least so well that's good uh pretty good debate tonight guys i'm, I'm pretty happy with that debate and then i'm excited now for phase two because i think that thor uh debate between me and dan and jeremy down there is going to be i forget are you a thor two advocate mike i am a thor two advocate okay okay i am i don't think jeremy is at all i may have to rewatch it maybe maybe he'll <laughs> change my mind and al, Although, al al where do you stand down there not a fan <laughs> like it is the I had I had to change my relationship status with Dan to it's complicated because of his <laughs> ideals on uh, Phil is Coulson. It, is so. it Jane Foster that you don't like, Al? No, and, I'm just I'm just being facetious. Yeah, he's just he's just yeah, it's fine. No, uh, no, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a good debate, and I'm and I'm looking forward to seeing what's gonna happen with that one. So. All right. Well, one more final announcement. I am pleased to announce that we are now on Spotify and tune in. And uh, you guys don't know this yet, but we are pending on Pandora and iHeartRadio. Wow. Yeah, so nice. maybe by, by our next podcast, we'll be on both those platforms too. Crazy. So we are expanding. I'm excited. That's exciting, Mike. Thanks yeah. for setting that up. Yeah, no problem. Well, thank you guys. And uh, we will see everybody on phase two or phase two and a little bit of extras, let's say. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody have a good night. We'll see you on phase two. Thank you.